0: and welcome to episode 11 of the GEM State Podcast. My name is Brian Allman. When you hear the phrase, deep state, you might be tempted to imagine a shadowy cabal of supervillains plotting world domination in a secret lair. Reality is much more mundane. What we call the deep state is merely the mass of unelected bureaucrats who keep the machinery of government running, often to our detriment. These bureaucrats, also called the administrative state, or the managerial state, have wide latitude in crafting regulations that affect American citizens and businesses, despite having no oversight by voters, and little to no oversight from Congress or the President. Remember Donald Trump's first impeachment trial? State Department bureaucrats like Alexander Vindman testified that Trump was going against American foreign policy. Now, if you've read the Constitution, you might think that the President himself sets foreign policy, and the State Department carries it out. In the real world, it's the other way around. Nameless and faceless bureaucrats set policy, and our elected leaders simply follow along. Donald Trump made the mistake of believing in his constitutional authority over the executive branch, which is why they impeached him. This is what it is like throughout the federal bureaucracy, in every agency and even at the state level the power of the deep administrative state has enabled a relatively small group of people in our government to exert enormous control over our society it's not necessarily a conspiracy there are probably not smoke-filled rooms and secret lairs where puppet masters plot their evil schemes rather the bureaucrats who staff our federal agencies are simply already on the same page neo-reactionary philosopher menchius moldbug defined the idea of the cathedral a cultural elite who don't need to conspire because they've all already been shaped by the same forces as they came up through public schools, universities, and the rungs of the bureaucratic ladder. Agencies from the State Department and the IRS are staffed and led by the same kind of people we find in the DMV and Social Security office. The problem of the deep state goes back many decades. In 1975, former California governor and future president Ronald Reagan explained the problem to Johnny Carson.
1: Our biggest problem is that we have built a permanent structure of government, federal, state, and local. The permanent employees, and they've come to the place that they actually determine policy in this country more than does the Congress of the United States. The Office of Management and Budget in Washington that's responsible for the budget, putting, up, putting the budget together, cannot even tell you how many boards, commissions, agencies, bureaus, and departments there are in the federal government. But all of them can pass regulations, and those regulations have the force of law. And the difference is, when you break the law, you're innocent until proven guilty. When you break a regulation, the fellow that charges you with breaking the regulation, you're guilty.
0: President Richard Nixon recognized the same problem. Noticing, as early as 1968, that the administrative state was unquestionably leftist. Quote, the behind-the-scenes power structure in Washington is often called the Iron Triangle, a three-sided set of relationships composed of congressional lobbyists, congressional committee and subcommittee members and their staffs, and the bureaucrats in the various federal departments and agencies. These people tend to work with each other, year after year, regardless of changes in administrations, They form personal and professional associations, and generally act in concert. I felt that one of the reasons I had been elected was my promise to break the hammerlock Washington holds over the money and decisions that affect American lives. I wanted to break open the Iron Triangle and start turning money and power back to the states and cities. And I wanted to throw the red tape out the window. But Washington is a city run primarily by Democrats and liberals, dominated by like-minded newspapers and other media, Convinced of its superiority to other cities and other points of view, from the beginning I knew my chances of succeeding with the kinds of domestic reforms I had in mind were slim. End quote. Consider what the administrative state did to Richard Nixon. The deep state was primarily born in the 1930s as part of President Franklin Roosevelt's New Deal. According to FDR, the crisis of the Great Depression necessitated a radical departure from constitutional norms. In his inaugural address, Roosevelt makes what can only be construed as a dictatorial threat.
1: And it is to be hoped that the normal balance of executive and legislative authority may be wholly equal, wholly adequate, to meet the unprecedented task before us. But it may be that an unprecedented demand and need for undelayed action may call for temporary departure from that normal balance of public procedure. But in the event that the Congress shall fail to take one of these two courses, in the event that the national emergency is still critical, I shall not evade the clear course of duty that will then confront me. I shall ask Congress for the one remaining instrument to meet the crisis. Broad executive power to wage a war against the emergency as great as the power that would be given to me if we were in fact invaded by a foreign foe.
0: Doesn't that sound like Emperor Palpatine from Star Wars? FDR made good on this threat. He amassed tremendous power in the executive branch, creating new agencies with the power to micromanage the day-to-day lives of average Americans. In the name of fighting the Depression, government bureaucrats claimed the right to tell farmers how much corn they could grow and if you were even allowed to raise chickens for your own family. When World War II broke out, these agencies gained even more power. We all know that the growth of government never goes backwards. By the time of Richard Nixon and Ronald Reagan, the administrative state was incredibly powerful. By the time of Donald Trump, it was nearly omnipotent. There has been a growing recognition among conservative intellectuals that the administrative state is by its nature unconstitutional. Our Constitution created the framework for our federal government, dividing power between the executive, legislative, and judicial branches. The purpose of the executive branch is to execute the laws that are passed by the legislative branch. However, since the New Deal, Congress has passed many open-ended laws that allow the federal agencies in the executive branch to craft their own regulations, and in some cases, to establish their own punitive measures for those who violate them. As Reagan said nearly 50 years ago, whereas we have a presumption of innocence with regard to criminal law, bureaucratic regulations are such that we are presumed guilty often with no possibility of appeal. One of the reasons that the administrative state has such power is something called chevron deference. This is a legal doctrine arising from a 1984 Supreme Court decision involving the Chevron Company that basically says bureaucratic agencies have tremendous leeway in the interpretation of regulations. According to the Supreme Court, so long as a law is written in such a way as to allow it, then courts must defer to an agency's interpretation of it. Justice John Paul Stevens wrote in the Chevron decision that, quote, If Congress has explicitly left a gap for the agency to fill, there is an express delegation of authority to the agency to elucidate a specific provision of the statute by regulation. Such legislative regulations are given controlling weight unless they are arbitrary, capricious, or manifestly contrary to the statute. Sometimes the legislative delegation to an agency on a particular question is implicit rather than explicit. In such a case, a court may not substitute its own construction of a statutory provision for a reasonable interpretation made by the administrator of an agency. End quote. This doctrine held for 30 years, but conservative judges have recently started questioning whether it's constitutional. One of the things that really impressed me about legislative candidate Mike Olson was his knowledge of and opposition to Chevron deference. The very idea of a legislative body delegating its lawmaking powers to a bureaucracy seems to fly in the face of the very separation of powers that our founding fathers intended when they wrote the Constitution in the first place. Justice Neil Gorsuch and others now on the Supreme Court have indicated their skepticism of Chevron, and so the stage might well be set for a reversal of this pillar of the administrative state. There was a decision about three weeks ago out of the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals that went mostly unnoticed by news media, but could well represent the first shoe to drop in that very reversal. More than ten years ago, a Republican talk show host and hedge fund manager named George Jarkisi was given a six-figure fine by the Securities and Exchange Commission. Mr. Jarkisi sued the SEC, claiming that they violated his Seventh Amendment right to a jury trial because his case was heard by an administrative law judge, a bureaucrat who has the power to act as judge and jury in cases involving regulatory violations. The Fifth Circuit agreed, deciding two to one that the SEC cannot levy fines and punishments of their own accord. This is big. If this holds up at the Supreme Court level, then the problems with the administrative state that Ronald Reagan identified half a century ago will have been dealt a serious blow. The Fifth Circuit decision went even further, however, claiming that Congress did not have the constitutional authority to delegate power to the SEC in the first place. This is even bigger, because it strikes at the heart of Chevron deference and the very foundation of the administrative state itself. This might seem to be a very dry subject, but it really is one of the most important political issues we face today. Our Founding Fathers did not intend for American citizens to be ruled by unelected and unaccountable bureaucrats. They created a governmental system where we the people select representatives from among ourselves to create good laws, and where the president who executes those laws must also submit himself to the people's judgment as well. The vision of globalist elites to remake society in their preferred image relies on an all-powerful, deep state. They imagine a technocracy a rule by experts, that can carry out the transformation of our society in what they themselves call the Great Reset. Stopping this Great Reset means stopping the administrative state. The deep state, the administrative state, whatever you want to call it, it is inherently anti-American, and dismantling it must be one of our top priorities.